Hey beautiful people, on this episode I'm going to be reading another parable dealing with the human condition. I hope you enjoy. The Parable of the Loving Mother The year was 1950 and there lived a lady by the name of Jane. Jane was 40 years old and a single mother to her 16-year-old son named John. They were very close. They had a very special bond. Jane had always been a very loving mother to John. She was very creative and loved the outdoors. She loved traveling and making clay sculptures of the things and people she saw on their trips. She was very good at it. People loved her work and paid her well for it. She knew it was her gift and she loved sharing it with people. And she would use some of the profits to help feed and clothe the orphan kids in town. She always saw the best in everyone and everything. John shared his mom's passion for sculpting. He loved helping her and getting his hands dirty. John was a very bright kid and was born with a photographic memory and was very logical by nature. When John was five years old, Jane took him to his first carnival. While there, they were in a terrible roller coaster accident, which unfortunately left Jane a quadriplegic. Amazingly, John was not badly hurt physically, but tragedy tragedy left its mark on John mentally. He was still a very bright and logical person, and he still had a photographic memory, but after the accident, he now linked pain to anything new. He made it his mission in life to keep him and his beloved mother safe, and would always be in defense or survival mode. They lived way outside of town and no other family and they had no other family to help them. And living on just her disability check, they didn't have enough money to hire a caregiver, so Jane relied on John for everything. She knew that if they worked together with her love and creativity and his strength and awesome memory, they could do amazing things. He knew that with her guidance, they could make good money doing what they loved. But he craved the safety, comfort, and the stability of home even more. So that is where they stayed the majority of the time. Sometimes, she would be able to ease his fears enough to have him take her out for a stroll in her wheelchair or even a ride in the van. But sometimes, she would get tired and doze off for a few minutes. And when she would wake up, he would already be heading back home to his comfort zone where he felt he could keep them safe. And even though he could keep her much safer physically within his comfort zone, he didn't know he was slowly suffocating her spirit. She finally broke down and told him how she felt. She was dying inside because she wasn't following her passion and not sharing her gift. Afterwards... He promised to try to overcome his fear so they could live life again. They developed a little ritual before they went on any adventure where they would get in sync with each other and he would feel good enough to leave his comfort zone. They would put their hands on each other's hearts and with their foreheads touching, they would breathe deep, slow breaths for two minutes and on each exhale, they would say, We are safe and strong. And on the next exhale, they would say, we are loved and limitless. On the next, they would say, we are inspired and intentional. 
on the next exhale, they would say, we are calm and confident. And again, on the next exhale, they would say, we are empowered and excited. Then they would charge toward their next goal or adventure, knowing that together they would achieve the goal and not just survive, but thrive through the adventure. After that, they lived a happy and fulfilled life, working together as a team and sharing their gift. The end. So the purpose of this story is to make a comparison. You see, Jane is like your heart, spirit, consciousness, your true self, who is full of love, joy, peace, patience, passion, kindness, compassion, and creativity. Your spirit knows it was sent here to share the gift it was given. It is always in thrive mode. It always loves. John, on the other hand, is like your subconscious, your ego. It's always in survive mode, always looking for what is wrong to keep you safe, always thinking about itself and wanting to stay in the comfort zone. Adventure means leaving familiarity, and it's risky. When you aren't intentionally, consciously in the present moment, it is just like in the story when Jane dozed off. Your subconscious will run on autopilot, doing things it has been doing because they are known, they are familiar, and they are comfortable. You need to quit running on autopilot. Stay present, stay conscious, stay intentional. Stay focused on what you want, where you want to go, and most importantly, who you want to be. But they, the heart and the brain, were meant to be a team. And when they are in harmony, the brain is the most powerful tool that God gave the spirit to help it fulfill its mission while here on earth. That is, the brain and the heart together are the most powerful tool. It's important that you do not go to war with yourself. This will only cause tension and more stress. Remember, your heart and brain are supposed to be a team. So from here out, I want you to start treating your ego just as a loving mother would treat her little child. How would you communicate with your child if they were acting scared, doubtful, worried, self-conscious? If they were self-conscious, you would hug them and tell them that you love them and all the good things about them. If they were scared, you'd reassure them that there's nothing to be afraid of. You may even turn on the light and look in the closet and under the bed to show them that there's nothing there. If they were doubtful, you'd tell them how smart, brave, talented, and resilient they are and that they can do anything they put their whole heart, mind, and body into. Treat your brain or your ego like a child. When the child is angry or fearful or doubtful, don't yell at them or curse them. You wouldn't do that to a child. Instead, give them a hug. Tell them you love them and that everything will work out fine. Get in sync and then move toward the goal as a team. So start your own ritual to synchronize your brain and heart. The ritual I mentioned in the story was inspired by a real study by the HeartMath Institute. They found that just a two-minute heart and gratitude-focused deep breathing session would get the heart and brain in sync, or in harmony. They call it heart-brain coherence. And with heart-brain coherence comes a slew of great health benefits. So I hope this story has blessed you in some way. If you found it educational eye-opening, uplifting, inspiring, or just liked it for any other reason, please share it with others and please let me know. Anyway, till next time, take care and God bless. Make sure to keep shining.